Welcome to MBSing. I'm your host, Mary Beth Smith. This is episode 63 with Erin Lan talking to me about her love of the ocean. And uh, it, it was such a joy to talk to her because she was so obviously enthused uh, about this topic and really wanted to have some kind of platform to share her love of it. Uh, she's wanted to come on the show for a while uh, and even expressed... Um, Mostly jokingly, I'm sure that uh, the fact that she hadn't done it yet was one reason why she re-signed her lease in Chicago this year. Uh, thus, a couple weeks later, I had her on, so now she's she's stuck here for a whole nother year. Sorry, I'm not sorry, Erin. Uh, Erin <laughs> is a total joy, and uh, we got into a lot of uh, deep discussions where this was concerned. Deep sea discussions. Uh, oh boy. Um, we talked a lot about ocean life, uh, and a little bit about, like, the ocean in general and conservation, and some of that led to some discussion of, like, world politics and, uh, race relations, which was interesting, but, uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't, you know, shy away from it or, or try to get back onto the main topic at hand, uh, but anyway, just as a just as a little side note, and and I I think that it's cool that that's where this landed um, for one part of it. It's not like we spent the entire time talking about stuff like that. Spend most of it talking about cool ass ocean life, and I think that I learned. I know that I learned a ton, so I think that the listeners will as well. Uh, Apologies at the top. I was doing laundry when Aaron got here, so there's a little bit of laundry sound, but it stops eventually. Um, so at least you won't have to put up with it the whole time. Sorry, bad hosting. And uh, yeah, I otherwise I I think everyone's gonna really enjoy this. Uh, before I do some quick plugs. I wanted to say that uh, last night I went to the new I.O. for the first time. It's at uh, 1501 Kingsbury, which is, uh, I still think, a little bit of an odd location. Definitely not as convenient as the other one was. I mean, as convenient as something can be shrouded by all that is Wrigleyville. Uh, for those of you not in Chicago who listen, which I know there are some, uh, I.O. Is, is one of the comedy theaters here. They just moved from a space uh, right outside Wrigley Field to a space um, farther south in the city that, uh, it's so they have four theaters now, which is super exciting. And the place is huge and really nice looking. I just think it'll take a lot of uh, adjustments for the performers there, for audiences there. I'll be really interested to see uh, everything that comes along with that. Um, so yeah, go see a show at the new IO Theater, and, uh, have one of the pizzas, cause I did, cause it's starting at an introductory price. I would say, lots of pizza for a low price, and I know pizza. Uh, 
Also, a new theater that's opened in the last few months, the Annoyance Theater. Also, something that Aaron and I talk about is the fact that we met there uh, for a show we worked on together with Splatter Theater. And uh, we get into a little bit about why we love it so much at the top of the show. But it's coming up again. It reopens or opens this year's run on September 6th, which is a Saturday. And we'll be running every Saturday at 10 o'clock through September and October. Please come check that out. It's going to be a blast. Otherwise, uh, the Nerdalogs have a lot going on in the next couple weeks. Um, we will be at the Jangle Heart Circus Festival, which is this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday at the Den Theater down in Wicker Park. Uh, we're doing a Your Stories on Friday night at 10, uh, so come check that out, or check out the podcast once it goes online. We are doing a sketch show on Saturday at 8 o'clock, uh, so definitely come check that out, too. Um, the weekend after that, Labor Day weekend, we'll be in Seattle performing a show, uh, that's kind of in conjunction with the PAX Prime conference. So if you live there or will be there, come check us out to show in conjunction also with our friends at Cards Against Humanity and the improvised Star Trek. So it's going to be a total effing blast. Uh, I may hopefully be doing a couple of podcasts out there that'll go up in the next couple weeks. So fingers crossed on that. Uh, fingers crossed was the topic of the most recent Your Stories that was posted. Go check out the Your Stories podcast online, along with Talking Games with Tim McClayton and the Nerdalog cast. We love putting up podcasts, and we love when people listen to them. Uh, also, uh, recently did a, a couple of podcasts with Peaches and Hot Sauce on their Making New Friends uh, go check those out. Claire Friedman and I from the Nerdalogs did those. My dad listened to one and did not realize that Claire was playing a character the entire time, which delighted us to no end. When I told him it was a character, he realized it was actually very funny. Before that, he did not understand what the funny part of it was. Oh, dads, that's a great thing that I liked about this week. Hope you guys continue to joy, enjoy your own weeks and enjoy this episode of MBSing with Aaron um, Lamb. As soon as we got the email with like the casting stuff, I was super, I was, my first reaction was like, oh, this is fucking awesome. My second one was, oh God, I'm so intimidated. Yeah, dude, oh man, Hodgins is so goddamn funny. He's just so funny. He's so funny I that everybody to, like, else pales in your um, that uh, I prescription it. drugs thing he was like I didn't your know back he was, was in, yeah he was sitting on the couch and he was like well if we can't get high maybe we could just like pop pills and I was like yeah yeah sure so he, while you were like getting killed quote unquote he was just sitting on the couch miming trying to open a prescription <laughs> pill bottle <laughs> oh I know a line killed me um was like I can't wait for my birthday my pen pal from Argentina is coming in to surprise me <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I love that show. Oh God, I can't that show is plan. still one of my favorite things I've done. Just like period, it's I, definitely. What in Chicago. I find so funny is that in Chicago we talk about the theory of comedy so much and like all these things, but really like Splatter is the only one to have withstood the test of time. Yeah, to where I'm like, that's it. Like that's the pinnacle of comedy. It's, it's just fucking Splatter. A twelve-page script. Isn't it? It's, it's not only that twelve long. or thirteen pages because most of it's killings. So. Right. It's like a twelve-page script with like. 
pretty much zero jokes in it. <laughs> I know. She was so fun. I know. It's, like, not funny at all. But I, it's only funny because of the, all like, the way people play the parts and the situations are funny. And, like, a lot of jokes get ad-libbed into it. But at the same time, it's, like... It's so simple, and then oh, you just God, throw a bunch yeah. of blood on it, and everyone fucking and it's loves the it. Fucking best. <laughs> I will say too, like, uh, fu- oh fuck, man. Uh, oh, yeah, Ivan has a, a dumb mouse that makes a dumb <laughs> sound, and every once in a while, since we've been cat sitting for him, it'll I, I, you can hear it on the podcast, and I'm like, ah, that fucking cat. Poor, uh, when Mick, when, uh, Nick Hasebrock did it, I had to close Ivan in my room because he's really allergic to cats. <laughs> so, like, every once in a while you could just hear, like, the click, 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 click of him <laughs> trying to, like, push my door. Uh. Um, do you know Caroline Minor? Or Caroline uh, Minor? The name sounds familiar. She's this gal. She's very afraid of cats and Glenn. Did you ever meet my cat, Glenn? He's a Turkish van. I think I did at some point, yeah. show cat. Yeah. He, um... <laughs> He's done commercial work. He had, like, an agent. <laughs> That's amazing. It's always, like, whenever people try to tell me stuff about like agents as a, as a human actor, yeah, I'm always like, no, no, no. Like, I, I get all that because <laughs> my cat had an agent, so I understand how agents work. I, <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, he did, uh, he did a campaign for the center on Halstead. That's he awesome. did a one-photo shoot for Frisky's. And he did, um, like a national, I forget what it was. I, I forget what it was for, but it's something national and I got residual checks for it for like a year. It's amazing. It awesome. Paid for my security deposit. It paid for like a trip <laughs> home for Christmas. That's What's incredible. fucked up is like when your cat, when your cat, uh, does, you have to prove that you're spending a certain amount of money on him and that they're being oh. well taken care of. So a lot of money I would spend on like elaborate cat toys. Or, like, um, my cat's a Turkish van, so I was like, well, they really like water, so I'm saving up for this trip to Florida to take him That's so into funny. water. Yeah. So, like, we went to Florida together. <laughs> it was bullshit. Like, it was I mean. Oh, how do you even He swims as a motherfucker. Really? Yeah. It's well. Bonkers. Yeah, it's weird. So, like, when I got him... He, like, he came to me playing fetch, and, like, if you throw a mouse over his head, he'll do a back, like, a oh, backflip. Oh, that's dope. Oh, it's apparently dope. Ivan can play fetch. Like, his yeah. master can get him to do it. Or his oh, owner. yeah. Like, master sounded weird. His, yeah, owner, his owner can get him to do it. Do it. Uh, <laughs> that's the right word sleep. for that relationship. <laughs> Glenn is plays fetch, and he does flips, and he does all these other things, and he also has, um, like, cat autism, so he's very chill. He never really knows what's going on. So it's perfect for commercial. So ridiculous. <laughs> uh, it's the exact cat that I would have. Uh-huh. I think. But yeah, so he does all these things. And so, um, so yeah, he's like perfect for commercial work. And then my friend saw a video of him online because so I was like, look at this fucked up thing my cat can do. Uh-huh. And uh, my friend was like, oh, I work for, I interned for like a cat agency downtown. I told them about your cat. They want to meet with you. So I like bring cat Stop. in this woman's office. And this woman has like insane blonde hair and these big glasses and just looks like um, Professor Trelawney. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Was Claudia Emma Thompson. Like, yeah. Perfection. She looks like Emma Thompson and she, her name's Claudia and she's nuts. <laughs> she, like met Glenn and she agreed to sign him. 
It's really fucked God, up. God, that's hilarious. It is really fucked I up. I never even thought about the fact that that can be a thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, those cats gotta come from somewhere. Right. The funniest thing about so. it, though, is that he made me so much money. Like, the only reason I was able to stay in Chicago the first year was because of Glenn, and I got him for, like, 30% off at a shitty pet store in Centerville, Ohio. That's like they so didn't, funny. He's the ultimate diamond in the rough. Right. People like him. God, that's hilarious. I think I have met him at some point, because I feel like I came to your place while we were going through I.O. together. Maybe. And I feel like he... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, like, you and Tucker probably came over. Yeah. Tucker. Tucker. Um... Yeah, Tucker, like, has a very, like, tumultuous relationship with Glenn. Yeah. Glenn, like, dominates him. That's so <laughs> Of course he does. <laughs> Tucker's, uh, his sister's cat, Sneaker Beakers, like, dominates him all the time, I guess. Like, he'll send me Snapchats where Sneaker Beakers is just on Tucker's chest, uh, like, hissing at him, and Tucker can't move. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Tucker seems like the kind of guy to let himself get dominated by... House cats. <laughs> Love you. He's the best, He's the best fucking thing He's so funny. Ever. Are He's we allowed so to spread this podcast? Funny. You can fucking say whatever you want. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Come tard. <laughs> Come tard. Uh, man, it feels appropriate that we were talking about Splatter when it started, because I feel like that's... Do we meet, like, right before we got cast and Splatter together? It was definitely the first thing we um, were. I don't know when I met you together. I mean, yeah, that was when I got to know you, right? I don't know. I feel like I may have met you through the annoyance, like slightly before that, but I can't remember when exactly it would have been. So I, don't I feel know. better that you don't remember either. Yeah, I don't remember either. But I, you're one of those people that I like. Uh, like, I remember a time before you, and I just, but I, you know, have always known you in Chicago, so yeah. I don't remember, like, what that moment was. Yeah, like, yeah, I know yeah. I didn't know you in college, but I don't know when I met you here. That's funny. Just yeah. Like, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, my guest today is Erin Lan. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna talk to me about, uh, I mean, we've already talked about Splatter, we've talked about cats and how cool they can be, but also... Mostly assholes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. We talk about Matt Tucker, which is always pertinent. <laughs> Matthew Tucker. Um, he needs a website so people can follow him. Yeah. Um, go to... Uh, he, is he on Twitter? I don't know. Look him up on Facebook. Just friend Matt Tucker on Facebook. Yeah, find him. He's <laughs> and then go see um, That Just Happened. Good. I feel like yeah. that's a thing See, Tucker's jokes. Tucker's <laughs> jokes. Uh, he's great. He's someone that we both went through I.O. with. Uh, but Erin is, more importantly, going to talk to me about how much she loves the ocean. Yes. Which I think is amazing. Really? Yeah, I do. Cool. I think that's a great topic. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Great. What would you say the origin of your love for the ocean was? Um, oh, man. I think, uh... Ironically, it came from, like, it stemmed from, like, a fear of the ocean. Okay. I, okay, I, um, I have anxiety very badly, and so things I don't understand really give me anxiety. So, for instance, religious extremists. <laughs> um, 
And uh, so, so the more I understand something, the more I like it. And when I was a kid, I knew we were going on this cruise. Mm-hmm. And um, there's something to me that's very anxious. And you grew up just, in Ohio, yes? Yes. So sure. very landlocked. So it's like, no, yeah. not even an option. Actually, when I was a kid, I won a family trip on the Good Times 2, which is our, it's like a... <laughs> It's a Lake Erie cruise ship <laughs> where it tours the, sh- the, the like, Ohio River and uh, the Cleveland River. How did you win it? Uh, well, I sold the most magazines <laughs> in my Catholic high school, and I got the most weebles. So, I was like, and, like, my little brother and I were terrified an iceberg was going to hit the ship <laughs> and we are going to die. So, like, that was my first time on the water. But after that, we were we were taking a cruise. Well, we were taking a cruise ship from Fort Lauderdale to the Bahamas. Like we okay. were doing a full cruise, it was just like passage. Okay. And I was very scared um, because, I, like, the idea of just open ocean beneath me was terrifying to me. So I was like, "Well, I'm gonna find out what is actually in there." And so I started. Uh, Had like, you ever been to either of the oceans before that? Um. Or I say either Atlantic or Pacific. Yeah. Uh, yes. I'm trying to think. Well, I kind of... Oh, maybe. Because my, um... Not my grandfather, but, like, uh... Like, a family friend who we consider family. Uh-huh. His name's Harry, and then his wife, Opal. They live in Florida. Oh, Harry cool. Opal, right? Like, <laughs> they live in Florida, and they're nuts. And, um... As so we, most people we always, live like, in Florida are. Yeah, and I remember going to the Pacific, like, the Gulf of Mexico, so I, like, was... Okay. I knew about the ocean, but I don't think we'd really met. Something about being out, out on open ocean terrified Sure. Yeah, me. there's definitely a difference. I was just curious. Yeah, yeah. Like, but... Because that's pretty... I feel like that would have been pretty old to get to without having been to one of the oceans. Yeah. you're talking, like, like teenage, Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like oh, yeah. And we definitely went to Myrtle Beach one time because my brother yes. got stung by a jelly. <laughs> which is so funny because... And then my dad got to pee on it. <laughs> Turns out that's not what you do. Yeah, I've heard recently that it's like... like that's not what you're supposed to do. But my dad... I think my dad was like, oh, if I can pee on my kid, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah, like... Be, What's your dad's name? Leo. Leo. Yeah, Leo. Leo, man. That's amazing. uh, He crushes, man. Like, he's always just doing whatever. Uh (laughs) He's he's retired now, so he doesn't give a fuck. Like, he's just (laughs) hanging out. And still probably would jump on the opportunity to pee on one of his kids. Especially my brothers now. Like, he would pee on him. Oh, sure. Like, any (laughs) chance he got, he's going to pee on my brother. (laughs) He would love to. Okay, Um, so... Cruise. Oh to the yeah. Bahamas. So cruise to the Bahamas. So yeah. So so I got a zoo book about the ocean. Yes, of Hell course yeah, you dude. did. Fuck yes. And I read about it and I thought it was really neat and that kind of stemmed it. So then after that, my parents always made a point to take me to Sea World, which is as it turns out is uh, I guess a horrible place. No. Yeah. Uh, Blackfish. Black <laughs> oh. But I saw Shamu. Right. He seemed happy. Yeah. Yes, they took me to Sea World, and like they took me to all the aquariums, and like I don't know why, but ever since I I was a kid, like I remember just being in aquariums and being magnetically drawn to everything, just like staring at it. 
for and even now I have friends that work at the Shed Aquarium, so I oh. would go like four or five times in a summer. That's awesome. Yeah, and I just know. Have you still? Have you been a few times this summer already? I've been once this summer. Okay. Last summer was. Really I've my only baby. been once since I moved to the really? Chicago. Yeah. Well, when I first moved to Chicago, I was a really good friends with this guy who worked at the Shed, and so he'd bring me in there after hours. So I like know. It's so cool. That's like, amazing. It's so cool. So I know like all the animals in the in the oceanarium. We had the largest oceanarium in the world here really? in Chicago. Yeah. We've got like beluga whales, we've got dolphins, we've got like rescue seals and I know them all and they have very unique personalities. That's this is my favorite thing. It's kind of cool. Cute. Uh, one of the beluga whales has a big crush on Tyler who's a seal and so she'll always like open his gate so he can get into her tank and they try to hang out together so much. It's really cute. That's like, amazing. Like, oh God, it's the best. That's so, so cool. It's so cute, isn't it? Tyler, by the way, if you get, if you go to the shed and uh-huh. you see the shows, like, Tyler is PTSD. Really? So, yeah. So, and I forget why, but he has PTSD, and so he's very nervous. So, like, he's scared of strollers. See, that's why you can't have strollers in there anymore, because they say it's for safety, but it's actually because he's scared of them. And he'll, that's like, crazy. Hit them, he'll, like, bat them with his fins. And the dolphins bully him, and, um, like, he's just... Aren't really- dolphins kind of, like... Oh, they're assholes. They're my least favorite animals. That's what I thought. Was it they were like mean and rapey is what I've heard. Well, so they have several accounts of raping humans. And then also, um, uh, dolphins are the only documented animal outside of humans that will kill things that aren't prey, which is unusual behavior because uh, for, like, marine life, it takes a lot of energy for them to kill something. Yeah, all so the they, physics are weird, right? Yeah, yeah, all the physics are weird. They won't do it unless, like, like, unless it's, like, prey or yeah. an enemy. Yeah. But they'll kill things that are neither, and they're like, oh, like, dolphins are racist. It's essentially what it, like, dolphins are very racist, turns out. Crazy. So I don't like them. They're kind of like southern white people, really. Like, that's bonkers. Dolphins are the white people of the ocean is what I'm saying. Like, they're very racist. They rape a lot. They hang out in like weird like gangs. Well, that's so crazy. I know. And yeah, especially because I feel like they're considered universally like it's like a you know you just see a Mona Lisa Frank notebook. You know they're yeah. like a, they're a very like rainbow animal. Well, <laughs> here's the interesting thing about it is because their skull um, they they have this very special kind of skull that has it. like a, you know this I it's know. amazing. They have a protruding um, front snout which makes them have like this permanent smile. Yeah, so they look so friendly. Right. But the truth, you know what other animal has the, the only other animal that has that type of skull is a is an alligator and a crocodile. <laughs> Alligators and crocodiles also have permanent smiles because right. they have all the teeth and the yeah. nasty reputation. Like, but dolphins seem very friendly, and they're very gregarious. To be fair, like they, they seem very friendly. But yeah, they'll let you like I don't ride them and train them. them and stuff. Yeah, well, they're very intelligent. Right. Um, I was gonna say, I feel like it's probably partially because they're super smart that they're yeah. like. I don't know. Although angry, <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I think that's it. And I well, so this is this is my great like paradox as a human. Like this, this is my um, white whale, if you will. <laughs> I will. No, I will. <laughs> you. I hate dolphins, but I love orcas. Oh, um, and 
orcas are actually bi the biggest species of dolphin known to man. They're not actually whales. Really? Yeah. Do the, oh, yeah. We call them killer whales. Why do we call them killer whales? Well, we're I, dummies? I, uh, yeah. <laughs> I think so. Because they're so big that I think people are like, oh, clearly they're whales. But oh, they're actually definitely. a huge species of, of, um, of dolphin. dolphin. Yeah. And you can tell because they have the same dorsal fin as a dolphin. Yeah. So that's how you know they're like porpoises. You are blowing my really? mind right now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're like fifteen minutes yeah. in. Yeah, mine is already so, blown. So and here's what's up. but they're my favorite. They're my second favorite animal. I would oh, mean, that is such a white whale for you to hate dolphins. I'll say that I love orcas. They're my third favorite animal. I'll say okay, my third favorite sea animal. Third favorite animal on the planet. But they have Behind. never. Hammerhead sharks and sailfish. I love that it's two other <laughs> uh, things that live in the ocean. I know. I just love them. When you said, because you said animal, and then you said sea animal, and I was like, wait, I think she means animal in general, but it's just the fact that all of them are sea, sea animals. animals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and number four is a baby sloth. Oh. Right? Yeah. Come on. They're so slow. But they're, like, can I tell you something about, that I learned about sloths today? Of course you can. Sometimes they think their arms are branches and they'll grab <laughs> them and fall to the best. <laughs> 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 they read that today and I was like, that's so stupid. Looking back at this movie is so slow, and they're like, well, gotta grab onto this. So whoopsie. <laughs> There goes Frank. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> I think it's so dumb. I'm just like, you know, no matter how dumb I am, I've never thought my arm was a branch. <laughs> I thought that would be one of those like babies always know where their mouths are kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, how, yeah. can, you, how can they be so, they can like so much self-awareness that they don't even know like what their other body parts are. I don't know. They're just so like, <sighs> oh, I mean, God, that's I feel funny. Thing about like sloths, I don't want to say that they're stupid, but I do think they have autism. <laughs> I think they're like a little autistic -y. I Which think is, this is the second time that you've diagnosed an animal with autism <laughs> on the podcast. My cat also has autism. That's oh, that's oh no, I'm the problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm the problem. Because I think that saws are really smart in some ways, but just generally they're kind of inside themselves, uh -huh. and I'm just like, oh, I, like I think they have like animal <laughs> autism. I want you to be like a. What, what did you go to school for? Middle Eastern Islamic Studies and theater. Middle Eastern Islamic Studies? Dope. Yeah. Yeah. And, now, and professionally, you've always done real estate type stuff? Uh, well, the first six months I lived in the city, I sold bridal dresses. Yeah. I, I think you've bridal. told me that before. Did you? Yeah. It was real weird. Yeah. I, like, will probably never get married because of some of the, like, I've oh. seen some shit. I'd, I would, oh, we'll believe I mean, that. I might, but I'd, oh, God. We'll see. <laughs> it's rough. And then, yeah, and then I, like, did real estate from there on out. Um, and then the last few months I've been doing Segway tours. Right. I still kind of do real estate sometimes. It's cool. Pretty, it's fun. Good. Yeah. Uh, I was just curious, because, like, it seems like you have such an interest in animals that 
I yeah. am surprised there's no like background I, academically, I guess. No, although, well, uh, when I was in between freshman and sophomore year, I spent a summer in the Bahamas, and uh-huh. I was doing like because uh, so I went to Miami, and you have to get like ten science credits before you graduate. So I got them all in the same summer. Oh, whoa! Yeah, and I did it. Ten? Yeah. Ten. It was like. Uh, it was a very long program. It was very intensive. And I was working in a field station in the Bahamas. No, I just mean, like, you, the fact that you have to have 10 oh, credits yeah. is it kind of crazy. Bullshit, yeah. right? it For was, non-science majors, that seems intense. Like, a lot. Yeah, it yeah. was, like, not, maybe nine, but, yeah, it was, like, Still, nine or ten. It was, like, yeah. you had to take three science classes. So, yeah, I did, like, I all think, marine yeah, biology stuff. I think at Furman, you had to take, like, maybe two but I don't know. I was a science major, so you I don't take remember. Them yeah, yeah that makes I had sense. bundles, but they also had a bunch of like science for non-major type classes. Oh, okay, okay. They specifically had uh, which um, one of my favorite. Have you ever? Are you familiar with any of Pat Oswalt's stand-up? Yeah, uh, he has a bit called physics. Uh, physics for poet. Physics for. Poets, I think that's what the um, class was called. It was a class that he took when he was in college. And he went to, like, a liberal arts college in, I think, Virginia, uh, where he's from. And uh, he um, signed up for this class literally called Physics for Poets. (laughs) And everyone, he's talking about it in the bit. Yeah, when he's talking about the bit, he always said, every time he references the class, he's like, Physics for poets. Like, <laughs> but in the final exam, the guy, um, the the teacher uh, wrote one of the questions on the board, um, and it had to do with like Star Trek characters. So it's like if uh, Sulu on the USS Enterprise <laughs> were going to start the engines, blah blah blah. Like, what are the physics of this? Blah blah, and. And during the exam, Penn got up from his seat and walked, like, really angrily down (laughs) and, like, was like... Sulu would never f- be firing the engines. Like, I don't, I don't remember exactly what the, like, legitimate question and, like, thing that he was correcting him on was, but apparently his professor just, like, but, like, no one knows what the conversation they had was, so he, like, goes yeah. back to his seat, and the professor just, like, kind of dips his head and he sighs, and he's like... <sighs> Um, apparently I've been informed that, uh, this isn't, this is inaccurate. If if that affected your ability to answer the question, I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like the funniest thing. I love watching, uh, like very left brain people deal with. Yes, right, yeah. It's like, deal with No, no, that's not right. And I can't answer that question because it's factually inaccurate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I just felt like that, like... You're, you've already gotten so into so many, like, cool animal things that you know. And I just love that it's like, there's... yeah. Aside from this Bahamas thing, tell me more about that. You spent the whole summer Oh, there. yeah. It was cool. Well, it was like living on the set of Lost, kind of. So, it was in the Bahamas. Okay. It was on North Andros Island, which is like 30 miles off the coast of Nassau. Like, okay. Give or take 20 or 30. Okay. Um, and Oh, it's, that's what my washer that, does. That's it? your washer's jingle. <laughs> this is like real life. 
<laughs> I was just getting a little anxious that it was kind of loud, and then I was like, oh, but it's almost over. And then I forgot it does that little So this um, is uh, yeah, this is my real life, my washer makes little beepy boopy sounds. Kind of sounds like Star Trek itself. Yeah. Uh, um, anyway, oh, sorry well, to anyway, interrupt yeah. you. Oh, no, I said, so, But it's just outside Nassau. <clears throat> yeah, and it's the biggest island in the Bahamas, but it's the least populated. Oh. There are, very few, there are only two restaurants, and on our field station, um, the, <laughs> there were these women who would make us dinner every single night except Thursday. That was their day off. <laughs> and so we'd go to one of the two restaurants uh-huh. um, where where Kraft Mac and Cheese is like on the menu. <laughs> there was a hurricane down there, I guess, like 10, 15 years ago, and uh, Red Cross came and brought a ton of box mac and cheese, and now they've got like a taste for it. They've like acquired a taste That's for it. That's so yeah, funny. Yeah, they're like bears who have eaten humans. Are like they've gotten <laughs> they've like gotten the taste in their mouths for Kraft Mac and Cheese. They can't let it go. It's not like. Is that like what spam is for Hawaii? Why do Hawaiians love spam Uh, so much? It has something to do with World War II. Yeah, maybe it's a similar thing where they just like ended up eating it a bunch and then they just started figuring out ways to make it it taste better and stuff. I know. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what they'll do. They'll do like Kraft Mac and Cheese with like stuff in it. And then it's it's really funny. God, that's hilarious. Um, So yeah, so it was just this like janky island with that. And then then for fun at night, we go to uh, Miss Murley's. She had, there's this old woman named Miss Murley, and she had a shack like a mile down the road. We'd walk in and get ice cream. It was a dime. It's <laughs> amazing. It was kind of the best. Was it all students from your school or like it from all over? It was a couple students from my school, um, people from Hawking College, and then like eighth graders for whatever reason. Stop. There'd be like a different school of eighth graders every week that would come okay. in. We'd be like, uh, they, we made them do all the chores. And, um, and then, so like, what did some you, people who lived there What was time. your, like, job? A uh, couple things. So, mostly you're there to do, like, um, well, so this island is really interesting because it had, like, four different biodomes represented. It had, like, deciduous forest, marine desert, actual desert, uh, and, like, a couple, I mean, I don't know. That's really so cool. It was cool, yeah. So, like, there were, like, cactus growing and then, like, also, like, a shark reef, like, within a couple miles. That's awesome. It's very weird, yeah. yeah. So, we were there mostly to study it. Um, we did, like, biology stuff that I don't remember at all, and that was for, like, the biology part of the credit. Uh-huh. And then we did marine stuff. And that was cool because we got to do a lot of snorkeling and a lot of diving. Um, yeah, it was great. And uh, we were doing it on... So the, the reefs right off of North Andros are in trouble because um, these lionfish, which you've probably seen, they've kind of... They're like these... Uh, they're like brown fish with like black and white stripes on them. And they've got these beautiful uh, like... Spikes with like fins yeah. and kind of like fan out. Mm-hmm. Like they I think I like do like know exactly what you're talking wings. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're an invasive species, and they've just taken over the the entire Atlantic seaboard, the entire Caribbean. They're killing the coral reefs. So part of our job was to capture a bunch they of them. Just, and then they don't kill have them. any uh, uh, predators. No natural nothing. predators. Gotcha. The only thing, I mean. The thing about coral reefs that's hard is that they're extremely delicate. The only thing that we kind of found as we were, like, throughout the summer was that in areas where there were more grouper and more jewfish, there tended to be fewer lionfish. Huh. But... I'm sorry, jewfish? Oh, yeah, jewfish. What's that? uh, Jewfish look like grouper. Oh, well, okay. So these big fish, they're probably about a meter long. Uh Uh-huh. 
and they got, I mean, they're, uh, they got really big noses. <laughs> but this is like uh, the scientific name for this fish. Yes. Oh yeah. This is not like a nickname. I know. I was just clarifying, like you were being tentative about it, but it's like, no, no uh, that's what someone else called them. Yeah. They're called Jewfish and they've got these little like, sp- like, uh, like, um, like stegosaurus little spikes on uh-huh. their back and they're striped. They look exactly like grouper, but they got these things on their back and they got like big noses. They're called chewfish. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know, right? It's spelled like chewfish. It's spelled like chewfish. <laughs> it's just spelled chewfish. <laughs> like if you, if you Google chewfish, it would come yeah. up. Um, <laughs> I remember... Yeah, that's yeah, hilarious. Like, uh, oh, but uh, there were areas where there were more yeah, grouper so, and Jewfish. So there were fewer lionfish. But other than that, and all they think that is, is like grouper are more adept to uh, finding prey. So lionfish couldn't compete. So that's pretty much the only thought is like, well, oh, we can fill the, the ocean with grouper, but then we've got there, too, many, too grouper, many grouper. Still problem. So our main job, um, like we'd go out and count the lionfish, and the next day we'd go capture as many as we could, and then we'd just kill them. I wouldn't Dang. kill them, but, like, others would. And we kept one in a tank the whole summer. Can you eat them? No. I don't... Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Just a thought. They're really... Oh, so they're one of the most poisonous things on Earth. Oh, no. Yeah, so I don't think you can eat them. But I don't know. Um, but, but their poison, I guess, only works as long as they're alive. Okay. So, because we have this one in a tank the whole summer, we named it Lieutenant Dan, and <laughs> and it was like a pet, and like the last day we were there, I went to like say goodbye to Lieutenant Dan, and it was gone, and um, our, one of our dive masters, Keith, was like, oh yeah, like, I killed Dan, and I gave you, like, I have a present for you, and he like gave us each one of Dan's little spikes, and oh. I was like, this is fucked up, dude, like, and it was like, and like the poison was all out of it, because yeah. it wasn't... As to like, this is fucked up. I don't want this. That's like, crazy. I know. Um, I I kept it, but I lost it. Okay. I don't know where it is, but I'm sure I'll find it someday. But yes, yeah, so like, like, oh, Lieutenant Dan. I know. I was like, oh, you I was, came. I know, <laughs> Lieutenant Dan. Um, I yeah. I was part of me. Was, I was very attached to that fish, and I was like, maybe we'll let him right. live. But apparently, man, that's crazy. <laughs> I just feel like I mean, it's like you said they're. They're cool looking. There's got to be some sort of market yeah. for like looking at them in. I don't know. I mean, I've seen more stuff. and more in private aquariums, um, uh-huh. like at the rich people's house where I house sit. <laughs> so they're like a thing now, but they're so it's hard because um, the the thing about ocean conservation that's very hard is that. The lamest looking fish are usually the ones we need to protect the oh, most. Yeah. And like the prettiest fish are usually like the shittiest. No. Like people don't know this, but we really need to conserve sharks. Like even, uh, so I went to the Bahamas, so I lived in the Bahamas uh, eight years ago and for this thing. Right. And there were so many sharks always. Like you just put your face down and you could see sharks. And I went back last summer and I didn't see a single shark. No way. Like you can visibly see in how that, many sharks are. Oh. Yeah. It's in like rough. similar places? Yeah. Bummer. Well, so I was talking to my friend who lives in Nassau and he was saying that uh, he's been to similar places and like the shark, you can see the um, decline in the shark population like visibly. And a lot of times, the sharks that we hurt most are the ones we're afraid of, like hammerhead sharks. Because, well, okay, so hammerhead sharks are my favorite animal. Right. 
um, because we used to, th when I, what I love about them is that I identify with them because, uh, like on first meet and greet, everybody thinks that they're very lazy and very stupid and kind of not super useful. Uh -huh. But then the more you get to know them, you're like, oh, you, you do have a great purpose. <laughs> and I feel like that's very similar to how people view me. I love that. Um, I know. And so, but like hammerhead sharks are probably one of the most fascinating things in the ocean. Uh, and we assume... They make missteps, and they'll eat cans and people. Um, I mean, they're cool as fuck they're looking. They're cool as fuck looking, I know. Like, nothing looks like that. But they have the most complex fucking brain yeah? in the world. Yeah, and people don't know this. Okay, so here's... Oh, man. So here's what's amazing about hammerhead sharks. Um, they have <laughs> the most outstanding oral factory in the world. Okay. And uh and, and so and so what it is about them, because they're not the fastest shark by any mean, they're pretty slow. But they um number one, they have this oral factory that's insane and they also have this sonar. And the sonar thing is fantastic, so I'll get to that in a second. Okay. Like the, this oral factory thing, they can smell um of like prey or chum or anything like that from like Literally 20 kilometers in any direction, they can smell it. They just have this oral factory. It's amazing. So they can, like, pinpoint prey that's around them. That's nuts. And, yeah. And then they also... So their eyes are on the side. Uh -huh. um, ironically, they're, the, the vision part of their brain is, like, uh, bigger than a white... Like, a great white shark's, which we associate as being, like, the most visual-based shark in the world. But okay. the, the hammerhead shark can see better than them. It's just they don't really rely on their eyeballs because they're on either side of their face. They're but what that... That, like, weird... So there are eight or nine different types of hammerhead shark, and they're the only thing in the world that has evolved to have, like, that weird hammerhead... Yeah face like that yeah and so so the reason why we started tagging them and following them was because i mean i didn't do this but others did they were like what well, like there has to be some reason why this evolved this way because it's so peculiar and it turns out they have a, a magnet in their body that gives them an internal compass that's better than any other animal in the world what? so yeah so they can number one feel they can hear a heartbeat in an animal it's like literally like under the sand and um, like like a couple miles away they can feel the heartbeats and then also so they can pinpoint prey better they have a, a better degree of like where prey is than any other animal in the world because they have this amazing oral factory and this amazing like uh, magnetic sonar sensor that like kind of like senses the heartbeat they like sense magnets uh -huh. and um, and also that that uh, head they have has is incredibly aerodynamic or like water dynamic yeah hydrodynamic uh, um, they can turn yeah. on a dime and slice through the water. So they're not fast, but they can turn and bend their entire nimble. bodies. They're so nimble. They they move like worms. Like oh my well, god! And sharks are already entirely cartilage, right? Like they yeah, don't really have... they don't really got like bones or mm -hmm. nothing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so they can like bend and almost tie themselves in knots. So they can turn on a dime, grab prey, and then they do this thing called the uh, pin and pivot, where they like pin prey to the ground and they can pivot it and figure like exactly what they want to bite into. So like pin a stingray and pivot it see and that like kind of like immobilize it and then they'll just eat what they want it's nuts and then the That's other thing that they can so do is magnet crazy. i know and this sonar can pick up on magnets in the earth so they can travel like 
600 miles and when they return they'll use the exact same path because they remember the magnetic feeling as they go so they travel the exact same path like they'll travel along the exact same ridges to and from like hundreds of miles it's nuts that's Um, so cool it's so cool and they'll travel in schools of hundreds and what they really yeah so so they travel in schools of hundreds and what they found is these huge schools are mostly female and uh, the reason for it is kind of weird. Like uh, the big females, the like alpha, they have like alpha females, which is pretty unique to hammerheads, cool. right? Yeah, <laughs> and they'll form like these these like curved. I mean, essentially floating vaginas. And the big females have <laughs> like the center of them, and the younger, smaller females get pushed to the outer edges, and then the males will mate with the smaller females. So they're kind of like protecting themselves because. So it's like a, like a queen in the middle of a beehive kind of thing. Interesting. Well, because sharks, when they mate, like the, 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 like a, like a shark, like a male shark dick has these spikes that come out Uh to like latch on to the female so they don't float away from each other. Uh It's kind of violent and it like internally hurts the females. They have to regulate how much a girl can mate Uh with other, with men. So they kind of like take turns going on the inside of this big floating vagina (laughs) school so that way they can like regulate. And I was like, how cool is that? I know. So they're my favorite. I mean, that's, that's incredible. Yeah. And they're also the only shark that can go like down to uh, what we call like the twilight zone, which is where like very little light's cutting through. And then all the way up to the surface. Like, there's not as much, like, we don't even know about all the life that's down there, Oh, Jesus, right? yeah, dude. So here's some nut statistics. <laughs> the ocean takes up 99% of all living space on Earth. Only 1% of it is actually protected. And uh, and we've only uh, explored about 1% of the ocean floor. Like, but it's so big. How do you that's do crazy. it? That's crazy. I know, right? Yeah, so, at yeah. some point, I just feel like we're finally going to, like, tap into... Whatever technology we would need to actually be able to, like, yeah, explore that area. Yeah. Like, ironically, I feel like... Kind of like space travel. Exactly. Honestly, like... I mean, we, how do we even do it? Right. It's like we figured some of that stuff out to a certain extent. Yeah. And, like, we kind of get better at it. But at the same time, it's like, mm, we don't really what have money doing? for that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, so the th- okay, so this is something that hurts my head all the time. Um, well, okay, so two things that hurt my head all the time. Number one, the universe is only as big as light has traveled. So the universe is only 13.7 billion light years big. Okay. And it's ever expanding because light is ever traveling. So what is beyond the universe? You know, like I can't think. About I can't that. do it. And <laughs> it's second, too big. Like, We're little dots. This is some cosmos shit. I know. Like it makes me honestly just want to be like, yeah, well, I'll be dead soon. Fuck it. Like, right. I can't even think about it. <laughs> right. And then also like with with oceans and with the Earth, like evolution or not evolution, uh, like like the Earth's mantle is constantly moving the crust around. Yeah. So none of this actually matters. Like, we go through all of this to conserve, but, like, the Indian Ocean is going to be completely gone in, in maybe, like, mm, like probably, like, 500 million to a billion years. Yeah. All the, like... And that's, like, moving. teeming with coral reefs, so we're trying to protect them. I'm like, yeah, but it's all going to oh, It's like, eventually... <laughs> it's just, it's so, it's so hard to wrap your head around. I can't Yeah, I think, I think the issue becomes, like, when things... It's like, 
It's hard. All like conservation of environments is hard because it's like, well, uh, we like human beings effect on those kind of environments, uh, in negative ways sucks. And yeah, we should try to like keep those things at a minimum, but at the same time, it's like, well, like we're also all here. <laughs> like, well, it's one of those things where it's like, I do feel responsible at the same time. We're in the middle of our sixth mass extinction on earth. And like, really? yeah. So like, uh, what is it? Like 82 species die out every day. I think that often. Yeah, that's apparently that's it's like happening. At all it's like a, like four species a minute or something. That math doesn't. Don't call me on the math. <laughs> four species a minute, eighty-two a day. <laughs> <laughs> that's the math. Uh, four an hour, maybe. That's like that sounds closer to closer. I still not right, but um, yeah, but like so so. I mean, the planet's warming, all these species are dying out, and, like, this has happened in five cycles already, mm-hmm. where uh, species have had a mass extinction, mm-hmm. and we're in the sixth one right now, so it's like, why are we fighting it, but also I get it, but I mean, that it's we nostalgia. we like, encouraging it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But also, I'll say, the more that we learn about, uh, I mean, especially, I think this is another reason why I find marine mammals so fascinating is because the more we find out about them the more we're like oh shit they have really human behaviors um like orcas which like second favorite animal no third Third. favorite animal yeah after the sailfish uh orcas mourn (laughs) their dead and they play with their food and they have all these like very interesting i feel like i've heard both of those have you yeah it's cool they like also also are cannibals they eat smaller dolphins which is fucked up so they have all these weird. Oh yeah, human that's what traits. I was. I I feel like I vaguely thought that when you were talking about the fact that they are a species of dolphin, I was like, aren't they a, a predator of dolphins? Yeah, they're the predator, best predators in the world. They won the award, the best <laughs> predators, uh, just because every time every time scientists record them for a long amount of time, they record stuff that is completely new behavior. Like, the every time we think we know how they hunt, they show us more. That's even more insane. You know what they do in, um, I'm trying to think where this is. South America, somewhere. Uh, ah, fuck, now I can't remember. And also in no Alaska, worries. they do this. Um, they wait for seals to be on the beach, and then they will slide onto the beach and eat the seal. It's nuts. I never, I've never That's seen them awesome. want to. Yeah. So, like, they have all these, like, crazy human behaviors. I'm like, well, maybe they're worth saving then. But also, I think we'll be dead by 2050 because apparently we're going to nuke each other. Mm. I was reading the, the the New York Times and that's the thought. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't know about 2050. I, I think, I don't know. It just seems like we've had the ability for a long time to wipe out large portions of our population and even have in certain instances yeah uh and there's still like residual um like uh japanese people don't like white people and they have a relative i mean that's a big blanket statement sure yeah uh but like they have some ammunition there like <laughs> I know I'm I I know I this is know. selfish but I'm just kind of like at least let me get through my lifetime I don't want to be blown <laughs> up like let me go yeah. quietly into that 
night and yeah. then do I don't know why that came out so like frankly, but I, I just <laughs> my roommate's in a play right now, um, called Half Price Cosmos. Peter Kim is in it too. Uh, oh Peter Kim, right? he's so lovely. They're they're both super great and I went to see the show and Peter was amazing. He literally made me cry. Um oh. and uh the whole show is like this really diverse cast of characters and it takes place in a bar in Chicago um, during the Boston uh, Marathon like bombings. Uh, so it's like oh, cool. all these people finding out about this stuff happening kind of simultaneously and it's very realistic in the sense that like all their characters are like, oh shit, did you guys hear about this? Like everyone's fucking on their phones and like Every, oh, like, weird. 10 minutes or so, it kind of passes in real time. Every, like, 10 to 15 minutes, something else will have been released about what's going on. There's no, like, TVs in the bar. I mean, it's a play, so you wouldn't want, like, a... Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that would be... Right. Distracting. Weird and distracting. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, there's no TVs in there. And, uh, but, the, so they're all just kind of, like, updating one another every so often. So they're all kind of, like, going through this interesting sad thing together and no one really knows how it's going to affect like them individually or how it's going to affect Chicago as a, as another major city and they also get a lot into like race relations and like there's a oh, guy yeah. there's a character who's like a huge asshole and there's uh who's just this like um you know fucking white dude asshole basically yeah. and like you eventually and there's another guy in the bar who is muslim and so as soon as everything start I, before everything starts to happen he had already made like a snide comment about like oh look at this white chick on a date with a muslim like great you know and oh, and so yeah, it's like yeah. already established that this dude's a big That's asshole hard. And then, uh, sorry, this is a super tangent. I, I, no, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry, but totally it's like, it's really, really interesting because it's really well written, I think. Um, but the guy, that character, eventually, once they find out about the bombings, is just being fucking horribly like presumptive and racist and like this fucking guy, like all your people are the ones who did this, and we oh, should just wow. like round you all up and like nuke them all and all this stuff, just like impossibly hard things to listen to, but so realistic because that kind of thing is bandied That's, about yeah. all the time. People feel like that all the time. Yeah, and and uh, and so there were just, like, all these really intricate, like, um, like, race relation type things and the kind of, like, and then it kind of, like, it, the conversation just, like, inevitably goes to 9-11, uh, and everyone in the bar kind of starts talking about, like, their individual experience with 9-11. And uh, the reason Peter Kim maybe cries is because his character has this long monologue about how his brother um, enlisted after 9-11. And he was going oh, to wow. enlist, too. But he, like, decided to um, finish school and, like, stay in the U.S. And he was, like, uh, like um, just, like cowardly and backed out on it but also like his parents kind of wanted him to stay so they didn't have both of their sons and then his brother got killed by an IED so oh, it's just Jesus. like and and he's like and Peter's just like crying on like it, during the monologue and it was so good I'm getting chills just thinking about it oh, it was so man. good shout out Peter Kim yeah, um, yeah Peter Kim uh, but it was crazy so I feel like I've been thinking about stuff like that a lot more since then uh 
just the way we all deal with like oh god no dude it's well no I understand because my my brother actually graduated boot boot camp um like a week before nine eleven no way yeah so it's it's weird growing up in this household that's so directly affected by nine eleven because yeah. he did four tours of the Middle East I think yeah I, he just finished his last tour like maybe two years ago wow it's, it was very recent uh huh um. And I feel like I vaguely remember when he finished up because you were like, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See you later. Dope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not dead. Yeah. We um, did it. <laughs> mission accomplished. Right. So, um, but yeah, and, and so it's one of those things where like, he and I were talking about this because I was a Middle Eastern and Islamic studies major. Oh, right. I didn't yeah. think about the fact oh, that Oh, yeah. Was... And in part because of him because he was just like, you need to know yeah. about everything going on in this world uh-huh. and because it's not something that everyone is going to tell you or want to talk to you about. But he, the one thing that he always said that didn't really resonate with me properly until really like the past couple of years is he's like... White people are normalized, even though we are the major terrorists in this world. That's a big uh, theme in that play, too. Yes. And the more I think about it, the more I'm like, you know what? You're right. Because to be fair, the only people who have ever hurt me in my life, like, have been white people. Like, in terms of friends, boyfriends breaking up with me, (laughs) random strangers yelling, like, ignorant shit at me. Like, most of the people who have ever hurt me in my life have been white. And yet I still trust a a white man, uh more than I would, like, a black man. And I was just talking to Chris Red about this. I was like, but I'm taught, like, even though white people are the only ones that have ever done anything awful to me, uh, like, if I see a black man on the street, I'm taught to run. Like, that's fucked up. Yeah. Because, and it's because white people are so normalized. Yeah. Um, and actually just talking with, uh, like, Ashley Black about this as well. It's, it's this really weird thing that we do. Where, yeah. But... White people have killed way more people than any other race of people, yeah. including a lot of the people that are now trying to kill us uh, on occasion, like extremists are trying to kill us. So there comes a point where you're like, well, I'm not going to say it's good, but it's also not unjustified. Yeah. Like, you know? it's, just a, it's just such a catch-22. It is. It's like there's, we've gotten ourselves into the situation as a society it's like, and as a nation where it's like, what do you... What do we do? You know? I, I mean, just yeah, it, like what can you do? I don't know. So hard. It's so complicated and I I guess I just try not to think about it or like in it's like you said, it's something that like I should know more about, but I don't. I really don't. Yeah, and I should keep up on it and I I really don't. <laughs> I, especially because like I have I have that cred on my resume. So people are like, right. hey, you must know about this. And I'm like, I don't. I like super. Maybe did at the time. Do you want to talk about like 15th century <laughs> land ownership in <laughs> Syria? Because that I'm really, <laughs> like, I'm really good about that. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like where yeah. I'm at. But I, I don't know. I mean, religion is kind of the major problem, I think. If that right. were to go away, a lot else. A lot else would fall the wayside. Yeah. I mean, I think it's a religion, and I think it's misogyny. And, and I don't I don't say that lightly because I don't in like the point of view that, like, oh, men are bad. Men are the reason for my problems because I don't think that that's true. Yeah. But I do think that when you're used, uh, like, like as a white person who... Um, 
like growing up, like getting a job was never a problem, but now with affirmative action and things like that, and people are like, well, we have to make sure that everyone is qualified for this job, but Mm -hmm. make sure that we are hiring people who are diversity Mm -hmm. out of those qualified. Mm -hmm. So that means your likelihood of maybe landing this very specific job is lessened by a very small percentage, but lessened nonetheless. As someone who's very educated, that doesn't scare me. As someone Mm -hmm. who's not educated, I could see why that would scare you a lot. And so I think when women are kind of like, hang on for people, men who are very used to a society are like, my entire society is changing. I don't know how to deal with it. And and so I think that's where a lot of that fear comes from. Especially when like religion, their religion says like, oh no, you should be this way. It is subservient. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's this whole, it's like a whole thing. I I think that's a lot of the problem. It's just people are scared. I can't disagree with that. And I feel like, and I hope like it's becoming something that as generations go by, it's getting better. Yeah. I think it is. So it's just a matter of time. I really think it is. Uh, and especially because of things like this have been so much more like talked about recently. Yes. Uh, even in the last couple of years, like not even, uh, like I feel like maybe it's just like the internet age is making it more, uh, prevalent and, and, and present as, as, and, and I think in a lot of good ways, in a lot of like shitty internet ways too, but, but Mostly good ways. So I think, I, I have hope that we're moving in the right direction. I think we are. And I think it's getting better. And I think the only things that are kind of, um, like, I think as a whole it's getting better. I think the parts where it's still, honestly, I think Americans are traveling more. Yeah. And because we can. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of scary stories are coming out of, uh, like, different parts of the world. And so people feel like are fear-mongering and feel like things are getting worse. But I think as a whole, they're actually getting better. Yeah. And I don't... Well, I don't... Like, I went to Morocco when I was in college, and I actually landed the night that Obama was being elected. Oh, wow. Yeah, and so they made us stay in the airport till he was for sure elected because they said that if McCain won, there might be a riot, and we'd have to go back. Wow. But if Obama won, we could go in the city. That's crazy. So we, and I mean, we had this whole thing, and I think as Americans, we were brought up in this age where it's like, no, like, I don't know, like, as as a child, the idea of being abducted by a terrorist was never even a thought to me, because you have this, like, invisible sheet of glass that's kind of around you that's protecting you at all times, but now that we have the money to travel to these more remote regions, we're Mm -hmm. doing it, and that's Mm -hmm. great, but you're not protected in that way that you were promised to be as a child. Yeah. And so people are assuming, like, oh, things are less safe. And it's like, no. And, like, not everyone's dad is Liam Neeson. So. Yeah, and not everybody's dad is Liam Neeson. <laughs> so it's like, people are like, oh, you, like, things are less safe. It's like, no, you're just hearing about it more. And you're experiencing oh, things sure. that, like, your parents right. never experienced. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, more people are experiencing things and that those experiences are more readily uh, permeating culture. So it's yes. not just like one person had a friend who had a friend that you heard about. Yeah, that no, friend of a it's friend. like on Facebook. It's in your face. Right, right. Yeah. Um, this is way off the top. Oh yes, yeah, so that's a big tangent. But I liked it. Yeah, got, that was a, like very productive yeah, conversation on got, terrorism. Got productive. We got deep. We plugged uh, Peter Kim. Yeah, I was going to say seriously. Um, Stephanie is understudying two roles in the show, uh, so hopefully she gets to go in at some point. But I wanted to see it regardless. Uh, yeah. So I mean, if uh, she goes in, I'll go with you. 
I absolutely will. Um, it's really good. Uh, but yeah, Half Price Cosmos runs for like three or four more weeks. So oh, fuck yeah, yeah, I'm in. Yeah, I'm they're totally great. In. Um, but yeah, it like it really did make me think about a bunch of stuff that I don't normally think about that I should think about more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it's and I don't think that getting to that uh, topic of conversation from like. Oceans and yeah. environmental conservation. <laughs> I don't think that's like a crazy leap. I really don't. No, it's not. It's not. Because it's just like uh, crap. We don't think about what we yeah, need to. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I always like to, um, to think that closed-mindedness is a lot, well, or no, I, like tough topics to talk about. Here mm-hmm. we go. This is the bridge. And this sure. will be a real stretch, but I'll do it. I like it. Um. Topics that are tough to talk about are, is a lot like the open ocean because it's hard to understand how that can possibly exist. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, there we go. I don't. That's it. I really don't because it's like it's just hard to fathom. It's hard to fathom things like uh, what you were talking about, like with how much of a percentage of the ocean floor is undiscovered, God, and it's yeah. hard to fathom. Uh, someone across the world's completely different lifestyle from ours. Yeah. And completely and, different set of, like... And, yeah, and just removing yourself from that idea that, like, we need to bring Western culture because that's what's right. Right. And, and just being like, we have Western culture. What is their culture? Right. Can we understand it? Yeah. That mentality is lost a lot of the time. It really like, is. We get so caught up in what's the right thing to do as opposed to, like, how to live uh, just... I don't know, just side by side. I'd like to buy the world a Coke. Yeah, <laughs> share a Coke with yeah. Afghanistan. <laughs> uh, oh, they would get not not a single sale in Alabama. Apparently, no. uh, Chris Geiger told me that a, a popular like T-shirt in Alabama right now. Because for uh, Auburn fans, are you familiar with the fact that Auburn and Alabama are big rivals? Yes. Um, uh, so apparently Auburn fans have this t-shirt that says something to the effect of, I would never vote for someone that has Bama in their name. <laughs> so it's like this perfect storm of god awful. That's all it's the just like, Yeah, so it's like, yeah, I'm gonna wear this t-shirt that's got <laughs> shit about, about this team I don't like, but also about this president I but don't like. But also Obama. I, that's my favorite thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Actually, it's but what I love so much about this whoever came up with that had to have been very, like, clever and intelligent to yes, an extent. exactly. So it's like, the scariest part about it, it's like we can't write them off as stupid because they're no. smart enough to come up with something like, that no oh, Chicago comedian oh. thought of. Bama. Oh, Bama. I got it. Like, I mean, Jesus. Right? Oh. It's a perfect storm, man. Uh, the really people is. who wear those shirts are the uh, dolphins of humans. They are. <laughs> Southern white people. So, what was it like? Uh, what was your like reunited nature with the ocean when you did a boat, a Sega City boat? Um, man, uh, it, it was cool uh-huh. because I got to see things that uh, 
that like only I appreciated mm-hmm. because otherwise they just look like tiny crap fish. Oh, that, that's like, so funny. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, so one time we saw a bunch of like fish kind of jumping over the, like not real near the boat, but like it was a ways out, but you could see like fish kind of jumping over the, over the top. Yeah. And You'd I knew what was going on. Such a fun cast member to have. I know. Like, I knew what was like, going on. And oh, my friend Fernando, he's uh, he lives in New Mexico, but he's like my soul sister. <laughs> and Fernando and I knew because he was into the ocean. Yeah. So, like we both talk about it. I One time we that. saw a manta ray's fin come up out of the ocean and dive back in, and I like started just started to cry. Oh yeah, I can't imagine. Um, yeah, and uh, and and they would release all the. F- I guess they com- like compact all the food into a box, like into like a little cube driving out in the ocean and hundreds of dolphins would come in in this megapod and like swarm it and you could just see them coming from all so that was very cool but what i liked like most, the ship would do that or yeah oh, wow. they take all the to try to every week and just compress it and they're allowed to dump it in the ocean. oh that's crazy yeah and then animals feed off it so like a couple of times there would be normally you just see a couple dolphins or like you see a shark or something but th- there was a couple times it'd be megapods, which is anything that's over 100 dolphins. So it'd be like megapods, like coming at the ship. Damn! Like, it was so cool. What were all the little fish jumping out? Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. So this was the cool thing. So it just looked like little fish jump in, but I know what was going on because it's a very specific behavior of this type of fish. They're, they're these small fish. Um, well, there, there are a couple different types, uh, like sardines will do this. These were uh, mackerels, mm-hmm. and I, I think, I couldn't tell. It was, I mean, it okay. was like... a mackerel-like fish. A mackerel-like fish. Um, but they uh, create these, with the schooling fish, and they can be up to thousands, They'll create these like big condensed ball of fish when when uh, oh giant predators have these yeah things. I've heard of this oh like chul yeah so they'll um uh they're creating try like, to pretend to be a real big fish yes and it's kind of their only chance it never really works out but uh, <laughs> that's all they have it's that's nuts so like. And so, uh, so they'll do this when like predators come around. So I knew what was going on. And like when you see this, so so based on where we were in the open ocean, my guess would it be it, it was uh, like probably yellowfish or sorry, yellowfin tuna, uh-huh. which are these huge tuna. They're like six feet long. They're, yeah, they're insane. These tuna, um, probably some sailfish. Uh, which sailfish can also be like seven feet. Sailfish are uh, you, my second. You haven't talked animal. about how much you love sailfish yet. Sailfish are insane because they they look like um, like swordfish, uh-huh. but they have these big, beautiful sails that come right. out the back of them. Kind of similar to marlins. Yes, they're exactly like marlins, except they have these this very specific like tiger stripes on them. Okay, they can go up to seventy miles an hour. What? Yes, the, super the fast. fastest one ever clocked is. 60, well, 68 miles an hour, so that was unfair to say, but... They're like the cheetahs of the the ocean. Of the ocean, yeah, and they, um, so they, they go towards these, like, huge, uh, shuls very fast, or, like, these big balls of fish very fast, and, uh, at, like, 68 miles an hour, like, 60 miles an hour, they'll just sail at them, and they use, um, their eyes to, like, pinpoint, but they have very good eyesight, so they can pinpoint exactly, and they just grab these fish, um... But they also have these stripes, and when they get excited and they're on the hunt, the stripes start glowing electric blue. And most, um, like, little crap fish, like dummy, dumb fish, can't 
they can't like deal with electric blue. Like that color kind of like fucks with them, so they can't do anything. So they literally like, like bioluminescence glow. Yeah. Oh, and man. so they can like so it confuses the fish and they don't know what to do and then they'll start to dissipate and they can get in there and that's so, like, crazy. Yeah, the bluefin, the the yellowfin tuna will come in like and also in schools there'll be like 50, 60 of them and they'll just like rip through this thing and then usually there'll be sharks, uh, like probably like uh, hammerhead sharks a lot of the times. Also, um, like blue sharks are pretty common. Well, this is in the Atlantic. This is in the Caribbean. So, so my guess would be maybe like tiger sharks. Uh-huh. Um, like a lot of sharks, they'll go out to open ocean during the day and they'll just like go through, through these feeding frenzies. So it's insane. So I knew all this was going on and I was like, oh my God, I want to see it. Do yeah. I wonder? Um, but you can't. You can only see a little yeah, bit. And then like also it. there are these, uh, not so much in the Atlantic Ocean and the Caribbean, but more in the Pacific Ocean. There are these birds. They're essentially seagulls. Uh, they're called gannets. And they can dive underwater like 20 feet. They'll just be like swimming underwater, so they'll get in there. That's it's awesome. so cool. Like it looks like a uh, like Arctic penguins will get in on it if it's, if it's up that far north or whatever. Like penguins will do it. Like oh, oh my god, it's so cool. That is awesome. It's really cool. It's like a whole ecosystem. What I like about the ocean is like the entire food chain comes to one specific spot and it goes for it. Right. And eat. Yeah. That's. I feel like yeah predators. I don't know. There's something different about because of the, like we were talking about earlier, because of the like changing of physics and location and like you're you're adding, I mean, I guess there's a certain amount of depth, depth where predators are concerned on land because you have like, you know, tree animals and birds and stuff like that. But when you think about the ocean, like there's 360 degrees of like what, or you know, whatever, like three dimensions of where things can be gotten. Yeah. Well, that's actually one of the reasons why I... So, I really love diving, but the reason why I don't do it a lot anymore is because I get, like, really anxious. Yeah, because, I can't um, imagine. Oh, yeah. Like, so I have anxiety pretty bad, so I like having walls behind me. I, like, know where my exits are. And when you're in a coral reef, that's not really going to happen. Number one, I'm always really afraid I'm going to, like, decimate a coral reef because I'm not, like, super slick. Right. I'm actually, I'm, I'm a pretty good diver, but I'm not great, and I'm always afraid I'm just going to, like, <laughs> and, oh, like no. destroy, like, millions of years right. of coral. But also, like, one time I was in the Bahamas and I turned around there was a nurse shark behind me. And, like, nurse sharks are cool. I love them, and they're, they're uh, like, the teddy bears of sharks. So that one was cool, um, and... And uh, my dive master, as if is able to, like, flip it upside down. You can, like, pet its belly and stuff. It's really no cool. No way. Oh, yeah. They're great. Nurse sharks are really cute. Uh, but I was like, but what if that wasn't a nurse shark? What and if I it get was very a terrible nervous. killer shark? I was like, what if it was a dolphin? I would have died. <sighs> this crazy. is, all, to be fair, another reason I don't like dolphins. There were river dolphins in the Bahamas, and they would always be real bitchy. Yeah? Yeah. They just tried to capsize boats. They'd ram you. They'd come, like, eh, and, like, yell. They, they were, like, real sassy. I wasn't a fan. What would, what would you say the specific um, demo, human demographic would be for river dolphins? River dolphins yeah. are, like, the drunk 16-year-olds. <laughs> <of> the <laughs> like, they're, like, oh, my God. They're just, like, horribly inappropriate. And they're, like, like riding metro ass. trains. Yeah, and it's, like. Coming into the city, talking about the coffee. What do you want? <laughs> They would, like, if river dolphins were humans, they would put on, like, long gold glittery skirts and a sweatshirt and drag their boyfriend into the woods and make him take pictures. Like, that's (laughs) the type of personalities they have. I love this. 
just be amazing. all the time. Uh, so we're a little past the hour mark, but uh, oh, no. I know. I, I don't necessarily... I feel like there are so many things that you could talk about, and I've loved everything I that just, you have talked about. Yeah. I would love for you to be able to, like, if there's anything you feel like you haven't covered yet that you know you want... I mean, you've talked to a decent amount about all three of your favorite um, sea animals, animals yeah. li- which are literally your favorite animals, period. Uh, we've talked about your life on the boat. We've talked about when you lived in Bahamas. Both of those would be times when you would have been around the ocean a ton. Yes. Uh, is there anything else that specifically comes to mind that you'd feel remiss if you didn't mention? Uh... I, I will only say this um, because I feel passionately about it. If you can, if you have an extra twenty dollars, donate to uh, like go online and find something that resonates with you, or just go to Oceana Org. They'll have it. Donate to coral reefs um, because they're very important. Coral reefs are kind of um, Oceana Org. Yeah, it's like ocean with an A at the end. Okay, right? that's why I, that's how I spelled it. Yeah. I think, yes. I'll um, link it in the notes. So yeah, then like, everyone them, will literally be able it, to just, like, go click on it. Yeah, the, the truth is, like, just, uh, so coral reefs are dying out at a very alarming rate. And um, uh, because when, when they take hundreds of years to grow, and mm-hmm. when the ocean temperature rises just one or two degrees... They can uh, just like it decimates like miles of them, so so these beautiful coral reefs are dying, and they're kind of um, the basin for life because without those reef fish, we don't get uh, like huge schools of reef fish out in the ocean for these big predators, and then the predators start to die. And that Sharks goes back to being, being able too. to like pinpoint what the starting point of all the food chains are. Yes, so they're super super important, and um, and they're dying at a very alarming rate. So I'd say if you can, just donate a little money, or at least know about them yeah. enough to where if you go into the ocean you won't do a dumb thing right um that that'd be my thing because because they're beautiful and they're very cool they're actually they i'll just say this other fun fact when they mate corals are like premenopausal women in that their cycles all line up that's so, so funny uh, one day every month they all release their eggs into um i mean not all coral reefs but most of them they'll all release their eggs and it looks like upside down snow I got cool. to see it once in person. No way! So you like, saw you know coral I mean? periods. I saw coral periods. <laughs> it's like being on the inside of a snow globe. It's a coral That's period. That's amazing. They I have to look up what that looks eggs, like. And it looks like upside down snow, and they're gorgeous. I'm just writing out coral yeah. periods. Cor- check out coral periods. They're the best. Coralperiods.com. Yeah. Uh, that's really cool. I think that's a perfect thing to throw in before I ask you my last question. Oh, okay. Which is... How do you feel like your love of and knowledge of uh, and interest in and passion for the ocean and all uh, of the things therein has affected your life uh, both creatively okay. and in general? Uh, creatively, I well, so we didn't talk about this at all, but my favorite thing about the ocean is bioluminescence. I oh, down yeah. in the depths, like just just so the uh, uh, sailfish thing. When I pinpointed that as bioluminescence, that I got so excited. Yeah. <laughs> you know what it was? I got you, girl, because it's ma- fucking fascinating. Yeah. I need to someday, like my make a wish, if I ever get cancer, send me. 500 feet below the surface of the, like, 500 feet below the top of the ocean. Uh-huh. And, uh, 
and just let me watch because it sounds amazing. I just yeah. want to see it. I, so, I remember one time, I have a really quick story because oh, yeah. I, I don't want to interrupt you no, later on. Um, I was uh, with a bunch of my friends from high school. We were getting back together for like this, uh, just like a weekend. It was between, it was in the taint of uh, the holidays. It, was, it wasn't Christmas and it wasn't oh, New Year's. Um, yeah, that is the taint of the it, holidays. It's like, it's the taint. It taint Christmas and it taint New Year's. Um, so, uh, but that was like when we chose to get together. This was two years ago, I think. Um, and I had just been with my family for Christmas. And so I like went down and spent a few days with them before I came back to Chicago. Um, and it was just basically, we were at somebody's like beach house in, uh, down by the coast of South Carolina, I think in oh. Beaufort, I think somewhere like that. It wasn't like Beaufort's Myrtle Beach. Fun. It was like cool parts of South Carolina. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. So we just like fucking drinking and and like catching up and telling old stories and just had the fucking best time. And That's one awesome. night we went out there. It was like I think it was like the second night we were there. A bunch of people. Uh, it was part of partly to celebrate the fact that my friend Mac had just gotten back from uh, two years of Peace Corps in Mozambique. Oh, cool! So okay. it was like a lot of his high school friends and a lot of his college friends who didn't necessarily all know one another. But that second night, all of them were in the same place, and like oh, we're cool. all just like jamming out, yeah. like let's go, like, it. our buddy's back. This yeah. is the best. And somebody was like, we should all uh, skinny dip. And everyone was like, yes. yes. <laughs> so we like run out of the dock and we're like all, literally we're talking like 15 people all like running out to the dock together and like peeling off clothes. <laughs> and not, not in the state of drunkenness that we were all just like, yeah, whatever, fuck it. Because it was just that we were like so fucking gung-ho and no one gave enough of a shit to not be gung-ho. <laughs> and then the people who would have given a shit were like, well, well, these people are... No one else cares. I'm going to do it, do too. It. Yeah. It's so it's like about, peeling off clothes, peeling oh, yeah, off like, clothes, like, everywhere. And, like, jumping in. And almost immediately, we're all like, oh, shit. There was some kind of, like, algae in that area that when you, like, disturbed the water, it would bioluminesce. So... Everywhere we were swimming around our arms was Shut like up. glowing. Oh. It was incredible. We were all I like, need to go to there right now. Oh my god. It was just, so cool. So like it was just this really beautiful moment of like unbridled enthusiasm of all this stuff combining that we all jumped like in and we're like algae. and everyone was like, wait, wait. Guys, like, look around. And so it's just like, because there were no lights on the dock or anything. That's and that's amazing. why we could see it. Because it was so, it was just like this pretty secluded house. And so it was just like, you would run your arm through the through the water. And it was just like a little green, like, trail. That's it awesome. It looked like you were like fucking oh. Peter Pan flying through the water. It well, was so cool. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's it fine. So I need cool. to go there. One of the places that I need to go before I die, there's this, uh, this lake in the Amazon that's filled with neon tetra, which are these little freshwater fish that have bioluminescence in them. Oh. And at night, the entire lake just glows. Oh, that's so cool. Electric blue and electric green. I just, I need to go. What's the name of the lake? I don't remember the name oh, of the lake. Oh, but the, what are the, the fish are called neon, neon tetra. tetra. We have them at the Shedd Aquarium. Uh, when they were brought to the Shed in 1935, there was a line almost three miles long to see them. No way. Yeah. That's they're so They're still funny. really cool. Like, I always go and I just look at them for a long time. Like, like, I super interrupted you. Your it's favorite like thing me about... me fourth graders. <laughs> uh, I super interrupted you. One of your favorite things about the ocean and just, like, one of your favorite things in general oh, is bioluminescence. Oh, how it affects... Yeah. Creatively. So, 
creatively it affects me because I, I this, the light of it fascinates me. So I, I always try to, it makes me pay so much attention when I'm writing shows um, about light and how it, I don't know, just cool. all the, everything I write is always very light centered. I just uh, did a solo show that I'm going to, um, I did it once in public house. Yeah, I version. couldn't come, I, oh, but that's I okay. heard about it. I want to see. Well, it. I'm going to put it up again do um, it. and do like a full like 45 minute thing. Yeah. And it's all about like light and how it affects us. And I think that's cool because, uh, yeah, I don't know, just like, and just like the way that like the ocean, like light in the ocean affects everything and how it yeah. captures everything like artistically, it really. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I love that. What a cool yeah. response. And then in terms of life, like as a human, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we already talked about a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. How your interest led I you to, you know, doing all these other mm-hmm. things. I don't think you would have spent a summer in the Bahamas researching all that stuff if you didn't already have a established interest in all this. Yeah. Oh, no, I totally did. I don't even know what happened to that paper. No one read it. <laughs> <laughs> it was not worth the read. I was very... There was also only one bar on the island, and it was across the street from our field station. It was like uh, a ten-minute walk, so we'd just be down there every night barefoot, like. And fifths of rum were three dollars. So like, oh my god! I don't remember a lot of that summer, but hey, but hey, it sounds incredible. It was just like me and some sharks getting and tents some and other ice ladies. creams. It, oh yeah, getting tents and ice creams. There was a ghost who lived with us. Hanging out, Lieutenant Dan yeah. and the ghost. Like Lieutenant Dan is some ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty much like a dream summer. Yeah, it sounds like it. Oh yeah, we did. Jacques, Jacques Cousteau like mm-hmm. worked on the island a bunch. No way. Day. Yeah, so we did like the Jacques Cousteau like tour, tour. of the. I did all of his dive spots. I did like the blue hole. That's really cool. Yeah, I did it. Yeah, when I went, you uh, know, the blue holes. Yeah, all the blue holes. There's similar stuff. Uh, I've been to the Galapagos Islands. <gasps> Fuck off. Yeah, dude. Seriously, Dope dude, I gotta go. Like, yeah. you see those turtles and I shit. I saw so many turtles. turtles. Turtles oh, and I gotta go. uh, so sea bad. lions and iguanas and blue-footed boobies. So I many. Need it. So many. I need it in my life. It was amazing. It was. I went as a high school trip for like ten days. It what? Was, yeah. In fucking high school. Yeah, because I went to math and science high school, so I was Aww. like, up there, so there was. We had like a J term basically. Oh, okay. Uh, and one of the J term trips, I think it was my senior. Yeah, it was my senior year was this trip to the Galapagos and I was like how is everyone not going on this like yeah like what are we doing it was like relatively affordable for what it was and like once in a lifetime and like the school was a resident uh... it was a it was a it was a resident high school like so a residential high school so we lived there and you only had to pay tuition and room and board and all of that was only a thousand dollars uh, either a year or a semester, but either way, because it was a public high school, it used to not cost anything. So basically, what? every student got scholarships. It was just like something that was government entirely government funded. That's such. That's so bullshit. I want that. It was so incredible. Cool. All we had to do was go to Washington D.C. Are you kidding me? It was. It was incredible. I, I had an amazing high school experience. I, I mean, just those two years. The two years man. before that were like traditional shitty, shitty high school experience. Sure. Yeah. I will say, I man, the Galapagos, because there, again, like, sh- things are just going extinct yeah. right and left. Yeah. And- it's, it's, when you were talking about, um, the, that, the island that you were on and how it has all those different, like, ecosystems, my mind immediately went to, uh, Galapagos and, um, uh, uh, 
Madagascar. Yeah. Um, as, like, two places that just have really specific, way. like, species that aren't, you can't Yeah, well, because isn't it in the Galapagos, each island has its own set of species in yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, there's specific ones that are only on certain places. That's kind of another one of those things where it's like, uh, I, I, I feel very conflicted because I know humans, in part, are destroying a lot of these things, but yeah. also, so I'm like, humans, get out of there, but then also, but, like, but, I but let me <laughs> I know, that's the thing, I'm like, well, I get to see it. Anyway. Do you speak Spanish in the Galapagos? Uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah, because it's like right off the coast of Ecuador. Oh, yeah. I don't actually know where it is. Yeah, so uh, we were in Quito, Ecuador, which is the capital, for like a, a couple of days, and then we went out to the Galapagos, and then we came back, and then we went to the U.S. That's back to the U.S. Fucking cool. It was super cool. I need to do that. So was this. It was awesome. Oh, thank you, really MB. This is it. my favorite hour of like in the past several weeks. So. Good. I'm glad that I could. Oh uh, yeah have that with you. Oh. I've enjoyed it thoroughly. It's been I'm glad. super informative. I'm going to look it? up so oh, much great. of this stuff. Oh, yeah. dude, yeah. let me know. I'll talk to you about the ocean anytime because nobody else will. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you people will listen to this and be super into it because, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, because people like come to this looking oh, yeah. to see what people are into. Tell people, let me it. know. They want to talk about deep ocean. They want to talk about the Arctic. They want to talk about stingrays, like... All of it. Hit me up. <laughs> well, Aaron, we end every episode is that I say, I love you, and I mean that. Oh, I love you too, and I do mean that. Excellent. This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.